Good morning. Good morning. I'm Bill Miles with the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber of Commerce, and thank you for being with us this morning. Lots of things already going on on this Wednesday morning. I noticed in the Wall Street Journal online today that uh, Nikki Haley, Ambassador Haley, will be announcing her presidential run coming up here, I believe, on February the 15th. So for South Carolinians and others, I'm sure it's a, an exciting day to hear that news. And then also going from politics to sports, seems to be official that Tom Brady has said this is it for the last time. So all this, all this is happening uh, this morning. What a big morning. But as we bring it just a little bit closer to home, uh, Hilton Head Restaurant Week. So Chamber Restaurant Week is in full swing in Hilton Head, on Hilton Head Island and in Bluffton. And you should go to chamberrestaurantweek.com to uh, look at all the menus and see what the, the fabulous restaurants in the area are offering. Already we've had 36,000 people that have visited the website. They've checked it out, looking at menus and making reservations. So please make sure that you do yours today. Well, we're only 68 days away from the RBC Heritage. And actually, to be exact, we're 68 days, 2 hours, 11 minutes, and 47 seconds away from the RBC Heritage. And if you go to rbcheritage.com, you can watch their website. They have a, 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 a timer on there, the countdown until, until the tournament. And what a tournament it's going to be. We encourage you to get your tickets now, get them early. Uh, the purse is doubled. It's an elevated event. And uh, it's going to be really, really, really good. As always, Steve Wilmot and his fabulous team at the Heritage Classic Foundation put on a first-class event and is considered what to many is the top PGA tournament in the country. So we're looking forward to uh, uh, seeing Jordan, Justin, uh, Jordan Speed, as well as many others of our favorite golfers coming to Hilton Head Island. Our first guest today has uh, been representing South Carolina House District 123 since he was first elected in 2014. He's a strong advocate for business, for the needs of uh, the low country, and also around the state. Jeff works tirelessly to lessen obstacles in government for business, and we're grateful to him for that. He's here this morning to give us a, an update on what's uh, happening in Columbia. And Jeff, as we all know, there's, uh, there's plenty to talk about. We're glad to have you with us this morning. And, Share with us what's uh, what's rocking and rolling in Columbia so far. Thanks and good morning, Bill. I'm pretty excited about the golf tournament coming up as well. So I, I, it's shocking that it's only 68 days away. Um, we've got a lot of stuff going on up here. We're just trying to get in the swing of things. We've this is I think our third week, so um, we really hadn't hadn't gotten going completely. Well, that's not true. We have gotten going. Several bills have passed uh, through the committee. We'll be taking them up on the floor uh, this week or next. Um, but largely, it, I thought we would take a look at what the uh, what we're trying to do. We're trying to we've got five things we're working on in, in a broad sense this year. Economic development, which is prosperity across the state. We're looking at uh, protecting uh, our values uh, and trying to drive legislation in that direction educational improvement and reform. And we're trying to limit government through fiscal responsibility and prioritize public safety. Those are the five major pillars that we're working on this year. There's lots of individual things going on. <clears throat> I am immersed, as you said, in regulations and work pretty hard at that where we are pushing back uh, on agencies trying to 
uh, unburden the citizens and companies of the state of South Carolina from the onerous regulations that exist. So that's my primary focus. I've, I've got a great team working with me and we're working on an, uh, developing an infrastructure that uh, creates that kind of environment of trying to keep regulations at bay. Um, did you have questions or anything, Bill, or? We sure do, Jeff, if uh, we'd like to jump into those. The first question is that uh, you've been in the legislature now nine years, starting out as a freshman, and talk about some of your seniority there that you've gained throughout those uh, nine years, or eight, really eight years now of serving. Well, it's, um, it's really a surprise this year how much, um, I don't know what the right term is, whether it's authority or um, I, I'm the chair of this regula the regulations committee. I'm also the subcommittee chair for uh, K through 12 education. And there's a lot of stuff going on as far as that's concerned. But the entire delegation I, I has is doing uh, quite a bit of work up here. Shannon Erickson in Beaufort is the chair of education. I'm delighted to work side by side with her. Plus, we also have a uh, new superintendent of education across the state. And Ms. Weaver, many of whom you, you've met, um, is working with Ms. Erickson and we're trying to implement education reform where we can. There's a lot of pushback with the uh, uh, folks that are don't want any changes to be made, but that change is actually coming. Um, but we've got Weston Newton in charge of judiciary. That's a major committee up here. Bill Herb Kersman's in charge of the subcommittee on ways and means, which is where we pass out the money. And he is doing um, health. I think he, I, I don't know the exact name of the subcommittee that he's running, but that's basically dealing with Medicaid and uh, anything to do with hospitals and things like that within the state. Uh, I'm on the regulations committee. Uh, let's see who else. Um, Senator Davis is in charge of the finance committee in the Senate. So uh, the, the entire delegation has matured up here and has gotten themselves in, I want to be, I don't want to say power, but that's in effect what it is. It's control of the, the committees that we're involved in. And that translates into power. <clears throat> and more specifically to your spot, your question, Bill, the process of seniority up here, it, it matters in this particular world. And so I, again, beginning my ninth year, I have, we have 28 freshmen this year that don't know anything about what's going on up here. They defer to the, the older guys that have been here for guys and gals that have been here and look to them for guidance. It's an opportunity to shape and mold people's views on how things are, are done and, and how, to, how one hands, handles themselves. That continues. Um, yeah, I feel I, I, it's, it's an amazing ride. Absolutely amazing. It's, and I feel very privileged that you folks trust me enough to, to handle this job. All right, Jeff, thank you. And uh, mentioning the education committee, Marcia is asking for you to talk a little bit about your thoughts on school choice. Well, the, School choice is, is, is uh, Bill, the school system that we have is one of the one remaining monopolies in the country. And 
I, we are looking at trying to create an environment where there's competition for the education of our children. We think that education is, I mean, competition is the, the area where we're gonna get more bang for our buck with, with the education system. In essence, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of school choice. I think it, it creates an environment where parents are given the opportunity to send their school that's performing best. And if the existing schools are not performing well and they lose students and uh, funding follows the child, I think they'll probably do things to improve their offering such that the money doesn't leave their organization. And so I just think school choice is a, is a very positive thing. And we're working on, working on legislation. I was just, I jumped from a chairman's meeting, came right down here to, to, to do this call. And uh, Ms. Erickson was talking about bringing up the ESA bill next week. I know that the Senate's already working on that right now. But uh, I'm, I'm, and I think the edu education committee <clears throat> is populated with representatives that believe in school choice as well. So I think some type of school choice will develop out, out of this session we're doing. All right, thank you, Jeff. Uh, John is asking for you to talk just a little bit about what happens in committee and how that really leads to uh, effective and good legislation. <clears throat> well, it's our vetting process. And what happens is a bill is introduced in the House and read across the desk and it's then assigned to a committee. The committee chair will take the bill and assign it to one of a handful of subcommittees within that committee. And then that subcommittee will set up a time and they will bring people in for public testimony where people express their views on the proposed legislation, make proposed changes and things like that. I'll give you an example. We were working on a bill yesterday in full committee for the education committee. And when uh, Ms. Erickson sits next to me in the house. And when I came in yesterday morning, there were 22 amendments that were on up for consideration on the on the bill itself. So we worked all day trying to consolidate those bills, worked with the spot, I mean, the amendments, worked with sponsors of the amendments to try and um, include what their ideas were in the amendments so that they could more purposefully uh, um, help the bill. And so that's part of what the committee process is all about. It's the, really the committee is where the details get worked out. When it gets back to the floor after that, it is somewhat of a, uh, we have to vote on it collectively, but it's, it's, the work is done in the committees, kind of the show is done in the house itself. So I don't know whether that helped or not. Yes, that was very helpful. And uh, Kim is asking for you to, to outline maybe the top two or three areas that you you and your colleagues have identified as really important to the low country. Uh, to the low country. Uh, well, it is, again, the build out of the interstate system and the road systems and the appropriate spending that's done by the DOT. That's a, that's a, a big thing for us because most everybody, I won't say everybody that comes to us, but a lot of us 
come to us by car and we want to make sure that that's not a, a grinding process on our guests. So we're working on that. I, we had uh, John Rimbold up here last week who is um, looking for some state assistance in building out the uh, airport terminal expansion that they're working on. Uh, Bill, I'm sure you know that we we secured $12 million for that last year. And we're looking at trying to, John is leaning on the federal government to, with the FAA to help a, I think his total need was $35 million to finish out the terminal expansion. Some of that was coming from the FAA, he hoped. He's made a number of grants, but at the same time, we're running a parallel effort in Columbia to secure funding to finish that out if, if the FAA money falls through. So we're working on that. Uh, that's just a couple of things that, that we're working on here. I, um, you know, the, we haven't had, uh, the, well, there, we're also working on a uh, short-term rental bill that's in the 3M committee right now. I, I haven't had a lot to do with that, but Lee Hewitt, who is in, um, Pauley's Island area, uh, Litchfield is working on uh, trying to improve that. And also there's something going on with flood zone and insurance uh, stuff. Uh, again, Lee Hewitt's uh, spearheading that. And we, he and I talked about that. We were talking to some of the municipal association people last night, trying to uh, bring them on board with that effort as well. One thing that is uh, percolating up here right now, Bill, is a um, an effort to shorten the number of days it requires to get a building permit, both for residential and commercial stuff. So we think that would be real positive because there's an awful lot of money that gets spent just in the delays of the permitting process. So we're working hard on that. All right, Jeff, uh, one last question for you. I know your time is uh, busy this morning and more committee meetings. Uh, Jeff is asking, what is your involvement, if any, with the 278 corridor and uh, the replacement of the bridge coming on to Hilton Head Island? Uh, well, that, that's uh, in the the Craig, I forget Craig's last name. He he's the guy that's in charge of this particular project. It's still in his world. They're trying to figure out the final details of that. I don't have a whole lot of involvement with that. I, I am still working away trying to uh, get the existing bridge structure set aside as a, a linear park. We're not making a whole lot of noise about that, but we are working with some people. I um, had gone to Washington a couple of weeks ago to. Uh, lobby for some federal support for that effort uh, where we need some some help with the parks rec or parks the National Park Service and the uh, Corps of Engineers and the what else we were involved with uh, there was a third agency bill I don't remember exactly what it was right now trying to lay the groundwork for getting approval for for that but we're still working on that All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, appreciate you dialing in. I know our listeners are uh, glad to hear what you have to say and continue to represent us well in the Columbia. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate All it. Right. Have a great day. Thank you.
we'll move on now to talk a little bit about economic development, uh, local economic development and Converge 2023, uh, the Low Country, the Economic Development Summit that was just held this past Monday uh, was quite a success story. You know, it was attended by over 300 people and uh, hundreds of business leaders, as well as government officials, to provide the latest on economic development in our area. And here to give us an overview of that is the man who really makes it happen. The man uh, that gets out and recruits along with his colleague is John O'Toole. And John is the executive director of the Beaufort County Economic Development Corporation. He has decades of experience and a keen understanding of public policy and also uh, what type of collaborations it takes to bring businesses to the area. So John, welcome. We're glad to have you this morning and uh, look forward to the update. And again, congratulations for a wonderful summit on Monday. Thanks a lot, Bill. It was a, a great day for community. Uh, we've uh, branded it Convergence. It's really uh, the things that Charlie Stone and I are able to do at the Economic Development Corporation are the result of a lot of people who uh, trust and collaborate, and uh, it was a good event. Uh, I uh, have a, a, a larger sense and appreciation for what the chamber does after running an event like that just once a year, and you do it month after month, week after week. So uh, it's great to be with you all. I will try to uh, run through what I, I saw as the highlights to the uh, uh, Converge Summit, if I can. Let me just see. I'll try to advance this thing uh, we had a, a good crowd. Uh, we had about 250 people uh, actually check in with the desk. We had some 350 people registered, and we streamed it online. Uh, as you can see, uh, I'll, I'll kind of go through the itinerary of what we did. Uh, but what was really nice, if you were a Hilton Head Bluffton uh, a chamber member, you heard from your mayors, uh, Alan Perry and uh, Lisa Salka, and uh, RX Industries on Hilton Head was featured uh, as an example of a high-tech industry finding our region. And also L3 Harris uh, was very active uh, in the uh, whole presentation in the day, and we're thankful uh, for their presence. Uh, never forget that we have uh, three laser companies on Hilton Head, and that L3 Harris on Marshland Road is uh, part of the sixth largest defense contractor in the US. And some three years ago, they had a decision point, uh, as they say in the song, should I stay or should I go? And they decided to stay here in the area. Uh, uh, the town of Hilton Head was there in force and uh, we're thankful for their support. Uh, Bluffton, town of Bluffton was as well. Uh, we're also grateful to Palmetto Electric. I said that day uh, that where good things are happening in our community, uh, Palmetto Electric is there. And we were thankful for our chairperson, Ashley Feaster, and then Trey Hunter uh, uh, being uh, our 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 premier sponsor, and then his uh, great introduction of Fig Newton. Joe Passaman spoke, and uh, uh, he spoke very quickly about um, the uh, live, work, and play. And Joe's been saying that uh, for years, and he, he expounded on that in his uh, welcoming comments. Uh, but with the green penny, uh, with the workforce housing, and with the uh, great lifestyle we have here, Joe couldn't be more on the mark. Uh, we had our, our keynote speaker, uh, General Lloyd Fig Newton, 
uh, was the speaker. Uh, and uh, he's very active with Polaris Tech out in Ridgeland. He's a, a Ridgeland kid who grew up uh, to be a four-star general. And uh, his comments were great. I, you know, he said many things. Uh, we, we wanted to emphasize the fact that with uh, workforce challenges, and that's what came out of the day, is that we do have workforce challenges as we continue to recruit businesses, uh, that as we get more people uh, through the school systems, all systems, and get them trained up, we're going to have gas to fuel the tank of our economy. Uh, uh, Fig Newton ended his comments with the uh, 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 values of the Air Force, uh, integrity first, uh, service before self, and excellence in all we do. And I, I think that could be inspirational to anyone who listened. Uh, we have so many partners, obviously the chambers and the, the town, the Hilton Head Island, Bluffton Chamber uh, specifically as I speak to you, uh, has been a great uh, a supporter. Uh, and uh, Bill has lent his ear as I've negotiated uh, uh, just the personalities that it takes to uh, get collaboration to really work and has it, it provided me guidance throughout the years and I'm appreciative of that. Uh, are, are some of our key partners, and if you're not familiar with all these, but the Don Ryan Center for Innovation, the Buford Digital Corridor, uh, uh, Blackwoody, Gwen Chambers is doing great things there, uh, South Coast Cyber Center, right now we have an individual uh, representing us in Tel Aviv uh, at a cyber conference, uh, and then our chambers, and, and uh, Charlie and I feel really strongly about this, that the environmental groups, because we feature lifestyle so much in our recruiting uh, that we like to have the environmental uh, uh, concerns involved in our projects early on so that if there are any red flags, we're not wasting the time of prospects and their money. Uh, um, our focus, our passion, uh, uh, Charlie Stone and mine, uh, and our boards at the Buford, uh, Buford, I should know where I work, Buford County Economic Development Corporation, uh, is diversifying the economy, fostering investments, and this is the, the key driver for us, transforming lives, and then making sure that what we do uh, is doesn't disturb the environment or the residents and uh, to date, uh, we've done some, uh, been involved in some uh, 49 projects that we count, but some 65 projects uh, total uh, where we haven't uh, uh, been at odds with environmental or not in my backyard uh, sort of sentiments. And that, I think, uh, is testament to the fact that we try to keep our ear to the ground. You know, as we look at uh, economic development, we look at it as a balance wheel. And uh, I'll rattle through this quickly, but environment, education, economic development being what we're uh, focused on, workforce, uh, housing, and then transportation. And, uh, you know, with the green penny passed, we hope to see more uh, in the way of uh, alleviating and uh, uh, developing transportation. I'll, I'll, I'll add a little uh, factoid here. Uh, one gentleman made an investment in Beaufort County of about $15 million two years ago, and he said that uh, Beaufort County reminded of him of what uh, he liked about Charleston 30 years ago. And we say that's flattering, uh, but it's also a cautionary tale uh, to make sure that the things, uh, the projects that we're bringing in uh, don't uh, uh, don't uh, uh, put more pressure 
on our infrastructure, but are, are fit in well with our infrastructure. Uh, we keep score, uh, you know, closing in. We are, our pipeline, to be honest with you, the early part of this year has been slow, uh, but uh, we have uh, a lot of projects that we're working on. And uh, we shoot for about uh, 60 to 70, we're going for $70 million in projects this year. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll hope to close that gap in the next five months. Uh, but in the five years of our existence, this is our scorecard, and I'd be happy to go back to it if people want to look at it. I also went through uh, with the audience uh, because a lot of times people are concerned, like, where is the investment happening? And hopefully you can see this, uh, but some 30, on average, about 35% of the investments are happening in the uh, Lufton Hilton Head Island uh, uh, orbit. Uh, jobs, the same thing. Uh, let's just, we'll look at it real quickly here. Here it's some 43% of the jobs have been in Hilton Head and in Bluffton. Uh, real estate absorbed real estate, uh, 34%. Uh, you're looking at the blue and the yellow when I'm, I'm adding uh, your, your, I'll call it your catchment area. Uh, in total, we've uh, uh, absorbed or closed a million square feet in real estate. Uh, and incentives coming to towns, uh, to projects in town, we're at 35% again uh, in the uh, Hilton Head Island uh, Bluffton orbit. Our, our focus, uh, I think everyone uh, has seen these before. Uh, things that we are seeing are uh, a next wave aerospace, and I'll get into that shortly. Uh, cybersecurity in the last two years, we've handled some 49 leads in cybersecurity. And 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 watch uh, supply uh, supply to hospitality and tourism. Uh, we probably have some fifty million dollars of uh, of breweries uh, coming coming down the pike, which I think fit in well with uh, the chamber uh, and its, its focus as the as the DMO uh, to allow people things to do on those rainy days or neat things to see uh, in the area. I, I will rattle through this quickly, but some 40, we quote them by green and blue. Blue are local uh, leads, some 45% uh, come from people like you. That's why I, um, excuse me, appreciate an opportunity to be on a call like this. 96% of our projects, completed projects, come have come from people who've had a taste of, uh, of Buford County uh, and uh, no doubt Hilton Head Island and Bluffton. Uh, we pound away. We don't change our story. Uh, it's a, and, and our focus groups prove this out. Exhilarating environment, skilled and ready workforce. I know it's challenging, uh, but our ace in the hole is some 2100 transitioning uh, Marines that we can pitch to employers and then on parallel support. And my colleague, Charlie Stone, uh, deserves the bulk of the credit for that. You talk to a Tom Ruggi or a Billy Watterson uh, uh, that are doing investments in this area, they will tell you that uh, he's with them every step of the way. Uh, last week, we were out in Phoenix uh, where SkyDrive announced that it was going to launch its flying cars uh, and headquarters in Buford and do a lot of work throughout South Carolina. Uh, they, they expect in the next year to have some 15 engineers in, in Buford County, uh, which precipitated, uh, if you look, SkyDrive's up here, uh, a company from Israel noticed what SkyDrive was doing here and said, uh, you know, we think we're further along than SkyDrive. Uh, we'd like to talk to you. Uh, Charlie's working with them 
on a, a, a $15 million project, some 400 jobs averaging $90,000 a year. Now we work on a lot of leads, so I'm not guaranteeing you that'll be done. But while I was out in Phoenix with SkyDrive, I did have the opportunity to meet with their uh, uh, CEO and chief technology officer, and they did indicate that we were high on their list. And as we're talking about these companies, they may actually do the assembly in other parts of the county, uh, but Bluffton and Hilton Head are are and will be in the mix for headquarter sites. And we threw it out there this week that uh, we'd like to see three to five headquarters in Beaufort County in the next five years. Uh, we have a cosmetics company looking at a pad site we developed with the uh, Department of Commerce. Uh, our first spec building leased in 360 days, 68 days from groundbreaking. And so that investor is going to spend in excess of $7 million now to build the 72,000 square foot industrial building. Uh, we're marketing uh, Buckwalter Place. We have a uh, prospect uh, that is uh, drawing up its designs for an uh, $8 or $10 million project to fit on this pad site. Uh, in Buckwalter, and that whole development's coming together well. Uh, we're working with uh, town staff on Hilton Head to market and uh, uh, assist with uh, uh, the development of uh, the Palmetto Bay Business Park and 355, the classic motor site uh, on Hilton Head. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Tim uh, Dolnick is building 60,000 square feet of industrial or flex space, similar to what he did on uh, Oh, gosh, don't fail me now. Red red cedar. And uh, uh, this building uh, doesn't have certificate of occupancy yet, and it's 90% lease. So for investors, uh, you can look at the spec building I just showed you or the two spec buildings and what Tim Dolnick's doing here. This complex is going up right behind the county building in Bluffton. So if you haven't seen it, uh, drive by it. It's, it's not only provides uh, important space for the business community, but it's gorgeous. And uh, we have a bunch of projects. I won't rattle through this because I don't want to uh, uh, take too much time, but we consider these near-term projects. And if you do have questions, I'd be happy to ask them answer them. And then when we look at it, we're always looking for uh, more more sites to develop, uh, mindful of uh, the pressures and, and concerns I mentioned earlier of residents. Uh, but uh, just as an example, uh, there's an 850-acre site where we're in, con uh, we're in conversations, very early conversations, with an electric truck manufacturer uh, out of Austria. And so uh, with that, these are the things we focus on. A lot of the emails that we got after the event uh, were congratulatory, but uh, but indicated we need to do more and more and more on workforce. And with that, I'll come up for air and I'd be happy to answer any questions. All right, John, thank you for that uh, informative update. We appreciate that. And we do have some questions. I know that you're uh, sensitive and selective to the businesses that you recruit. And our first question is kind of along those lines coming from Ellis. And Ellis is asking, uh, uh, what type of businesses do you think is the best fit for the low country? Well, we, we have a, 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 um, a list that we've actually cultivated with residents through focus groups and uh, with uh, surveys. Um, I, we believe green. You know, for instance, you saw Project Peanut. Uh, this is a gentleman who takes uh, agricultural waste 
and makes pellets for people who uh, uh, have those stoves that burn pellets and so uh, or, or, or barbecue grills that uh, burn pellets. Uh, we think everything clean uh, makes sense. When we get a, we had somebody contact us about uh, a hydrogen operation or uh, uh, some sort of burning technique with a, a plant called Gaiusa to create energy. And as soon as we get those, we ship those to our environmental friends uh, to have them do due diligence on that. Uh, but I, I, I believe that we're a good fit uh, for uh, uh, high-end high jobs, uh, uh, jobs that improve the quality of life. And I should say that of, of the uh, nearly 1,300 jobs that you saw on my uh, list, the average compensation is 48,650. So we know that's an average, uh, but there are people who are, uh, may not have to work uh, three jobs to keep their head above water. So that's that's our focus, but I'd say clean, clean, clean. Uh, and if it's not clean, we have a great relationship with the Southern Carolina Alliance because everything we use, consume, even gasoline in our car has to be done somewhere else. So across the, the other six counties that we're affiliated with, uh, for instance, uh, uh, the test area for this Israeli drone company, uh, they need a big area uh, test area as they get FAA approval. Uh, we referred them to Ridgeland. Uh, to a site. It turns out the gentleman who owns that site lives in Bluffton, but uh, uh, that's our approach to business detraction. All right, thank you. Uh, next question is coming from Jana, and Jana is asking if you're seeing companies transitioning their Marines uh, to the workforce. Uh, we are. Uh, it's been a, a slow process, uh, you know, but we we find, and, and General Newton covered it in his comments, that a lot of it is that personal relationship. And so Charlie Stone will take anyone's job to the uh, the uh, uh, Marine bases and pitch those through the, their transition assistance uh, offices. Charlie's out there twice a month, and it's a, a relationship kind of thing. Uh, more, most recently, Charlie referred a, a gentleman who wanted to work for L3 Harris, uh, but he wanted to work in Melbourne, Florida. And so uh, Charlie arranged with uh, uh, Matthew at the uh, L3 Harris on here on Hilton Head to do that interview. The reason we'll help somebody uh, land on their feet anywhere is because we want to be positioned as the Marine Corps uh, alumni club that takes care of their alumni. But as we uh, are successful in placing Marines, more Marines will trust. Uh, us trust Charlie uh, to assist them, and we'll be able to place them locally as well, and use it and use our our data as a recruitment I, uh, uh, instrument as well. All right, John. Uh, Michael is asking. First, he's saying, knowing that all projects are different, how long does it usually take for to from the beginning, the recruitment process, till you're actually closing the deal? Uh, Project Sky, for example, we met them in July and first week of January, uh, they're they're announcing that they're going to set up their uh, headquarters in uh, uh, Beaufort County. Uh, Project Cloud, uh, I got that project uh, handed to me by John Rembold at the Hilton Head Airport uh, in October of 2017. So they really do vary. Uh, one thing we do find uh, is that a lot of companies, uh, a lot of companies, sometimes need something very quick, 
uh, and we get a lot of calls like that. Uh, for instance, the Austrian truck company, uh, they haven't even, we've been talking to them before they've initiated their process, which is good. They won't lodge their process to the middle of this year, and they would expect to be in operation in 24 months. So the answer is it varies, uh, uh, but we've got to be ready for everything. John, we're going to close here with not a question, but a statement, and uh, I'll read to you, and it comes to us from Pat, and Pat says, from a resident perspective, I want to attest to the success of Converge on Monday. I think the weather likely kept some folks away, but it was fantastic, and I hope many more attend in the future, and it doesn't get any better than my former boss, General Fig Newton, as a speaker. So, uh, again, John, well done, great event. And I know you're probably already working towards next year, and we're looking forward to the event next year. Very good. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it. Moving along now, our next speaker is, is on the team that uh, brings one of our favorite events to the area, and that's the Gullah Celebration. It's hard to believe that the Gullah Celebration is now in its 27th year. Uh, Courtney Young is a South Carolina native, and CEO of Foresight Communications, a strategic marketing firm that specializes in the areas of minority business outreach, as well as leadership training and cultural tourism marketing. Uh, she's here to tell us about what's new with this year's Gullah Celebration and uh, how, how it's become such a fabric of our community. Courtney, always great to see your smile, always great to see you, and always great to hear about the Gullah Celebration. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Bill. It's good to see you. Um, We're so excited. As you mentioned, the Gullah Celebration is in its 27th annual year and festival season. So we're super excited about bringing back some crowd favorites like our annual Gullah Market. Um, that's going to be Saturday, February 18th. Um, and our uh, annual Arts of We People uh, exhibit and sale that's going to last all month long over at the Art Center. Um, and we're also excited about some of those, some new items that are coming to the table, like a partnership with the Hilton Head Island Symphony Orchestra um, to do the Gullah Cultural Series uh, that will be actually this Friday night um, over at the Hilton Head, or at Soundwave, excuse me. And so tickets are on sale for that now. I encourage everyone to go to gullacelebration.com for more details on that. Um, in addition to um, upcoming events this weekend, we certainly have um, Freedom Day. And Freedom Day is a partnership we have with Historic Metroville Freedom Park. Um, and we will look forward to celebrating um, National Freedom Day this Saturday in the park and hear from uh, Robert Small's great-great-grandson, uh, Michael Bower moore who will kind of lead us down uh, the storyline of Robert Smalls, what his impact was on this on the local community there, and also uh, what it looks like now and the development of uh, Robert Smalls in our um, modern time and how people are still talking about him and using his story um, to drive their, um, their freedom story. So we're really excited about that. Food will be available. Um, food is obviously a big part of what we do here uh, with the Gullah Celebration and wanting to make sure that all of our friends and patrons and tourists and visitors who just dropped by because they saw the TV commercial um, are able to get a full experience of what the culture really is. So like I said, 27 years of doing this and we've kind of gotten some things down to a, 
perfection. Um, and we, we really are excited to continue to celebrate those things through the food, through the music, um, through the art, and also through the storytelling. So um, another big event that folks enjoy and love is A Taste of Gullah. Um, so A Taste of Gullah is in partnership with the Arts Center of Coastal Carolina. So we've been partnering with them since the inception of the Gullah Celebration to have this event and to be able to um, be good neighbors, um, be good partners, and to come together to do something really amazing. So this year, um, we are bringing back uh, several food trucks that are in the area that all have delicious food that is of the culture and by the culture. Uh, many of them are local, so you'll be able to find some, uh, some new, make some new friends and get some new um, ideas of what you want to have at upcoming events. If you have cater, catered events or if you see their names pop up, you'll know because you've had an opportunity to try them out at the Taste of Gala. Um, and you'll be able to see the art um, that's going on in the art exhibit. So while I'm talking about art, um, I want to share with you that uh, this year's featured artist, um, as you know, every year we present one featured artist to um, be our poster uh, for one featured artist's work to be our poster for the annual celebration. And this year's artist is Lisa Rivers. Um, Lisa uh, lives in Beaufort County and she her work um, in art didn't start until just a few years ago. Um, and when it started, it she burst onto the scene and has done some amazing pieces that really depict uh, what life and culture look like for Gullah people uh, in the Gullah community uh, in our part of the Low Country. So we're really excited to have her. Uh, this year's featured artwork is called uh, A Day in the Rice Fields. So posters will be available uh, full size and in our mini posters, which will be new for purchase this year. So you can get those um, all at the Arts Center. Uh, that's where we use as our retail outlet during the month or at any of those events I mentioned, and especially at the Gullah Market on February 18th. So last but not least in that rundown, um, I don't want to miss uh, talking about our annual celebration of African-American authors. It's going to be Saturday, February 25th um, in Bluffton at the Rotary Center. And we are really excited to once again showcase the uh, literary works of local uh, authors as well as some national presence, um, presence that will be there with us. So uh, the, uh, the celebration of African-American authors is a free event. Uh, and we provide a free lunch. So uh, come early so that you can get a good seat. Uh, space is limited and it's packed every year. And once it's packed, we, we really don't have room for standing room. So uh, we are so excited to be back again, to be, bring back crowd favorites, introduce some new, um, some new featured pieces, and to also be able to celebrate uh, Gullah culture in our community uh, with our friends and our patrons. So all the things I just mentioned are all, you can get more details or get your tickets. Um, and I encourage you to get them early, um, but go get more details or tickets at GullahCelebration.com um, or call us at 843-255-7303. So um, if you have any questions, we're happy to answer them. I'm happy to answer any questions today. And I look forward to seeing everybody over the next few weekends. Courtney, thank you. And uh, we do have several questions for you. 
And the first okay. one's coming from Liz, and Liz is asking how you how have you seen the Gala celebration grow in the last several years? Oh wow! So we the Gala celebration has grown. Um, exponentially. We've really dialed into, um, and even coming through COVID, during COVID, we switched to an all virtual format and that worked great. It really helped us expand the audience. So when we were back in person uh, in 2022, uh, we saw our numbers increase by about 12% um, with our attendees across the month. And so we're continuing to see growth I'm continuing to see lots of new people and lots of returning visitors and friends come back uh, for the annual celebration. But most importantly, we're able to um, continue to expand uh, on and deepen the understanding of the culture um, and be able to share that uh, with more people through um, new collaborations. So we've worked with the Hilton Head Island Symphony Orchestra in the past, and this year that one is able to come back in a new way. And we've been able to um, expand on um, adding in a film series this year. So that's in partnership with the Low Country uh, Gullah. Uh, so we are excited for those kind of things and those opportunities have really created room for us to continue to grow in that way. So yeah, it's been it's been quite interesting to watch. We're really proud of that. Courtney, you mentioned a deep interest in the culture and that leads us into our next question from Bob. And Bob is asking, how do you think the coming museum in Charleston will impact the interest in the Gullah culture locally? So I think it's only gonna serve to help us, right? Um, I think it'll be a great opportunity for um, our visitors and our friends to be able to have a physical place that they can go uh, here in our state where they can learn about African-American culture. Um, and obviously a large part of the African-American culture, especially on the coast, is Gullah culture. So it's really a jumping off place for us that will allow for all of our entities who line the coast and 40 miles inland to be able to be um, stops along the way for them to come and spend more time and really get more invested in what that looks like and be able to leave the museum, go to the museum, get their uh, understanding started and then come know us to get that finished. So we think it's really gonna be to our greatest benefit. We're very excited about that. And Charleston's just a day trip. So we look forward to having more day trippers come over or come over and stay over for the night and spend time with us at our events and then head back to Charleston if they want. Very good. The next question is asking what your most favorite Gullah event is, but I'm not going to put you in that position. That was a question, but we're not not going to ask you to answer that. So we'll move right on to the next one from Trish, and Trish is asking uh, what day the uh, what day the Taste of Gullah will be. Yeah, Taste of Gullah will be uh, Saturday, February 11th, um, and it will be again at the Arts Center of Coastal Carolina. It's an outdoor event, so it is a rain or shine, um, but uh, it will be. Um, at the Art Center of Coastal Carolina on Saturday, February 11th from 12 p.m. until 3 p.m., so. Okay, the last question for you is coming from Scott, and Scott is asking, what are the other events that happen throughout the year beyond just the, the Gullah celebration period? Yeah, so um, we're really um, proud that we were able to expand our, um, our art exhibition throughout the year, so we have a full exhibition 
during the month of February, but we also have a summer edition of that that we have over at the Art Academy um, on Hilton Head. So we're excited about that. That's usually running from uh, May through August. Um, in addition to that, you can always stop by the Art Center. We have a Gullah Wall that's up that we help. We partner with the Art League of Hilton Head to curate every month. So we're able to have that. So that happens all year long. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, we have events that we're always partnering with our neighbors on, like Historic Mitchellville Freedom Park, uh, when they we they do Juneteenth um, in June, uh, which is the third weekend in June. And then you come back in the winter uh, and we have our holiday Gullah Market. So that's the first Saturday in December. So we just wrapped that up. Uh, move it into February, but we're already planning for the next one. So, uh, but you can always uh, stay connected and find out what we have going on just to kind of check in uh, at gullacelebration.com. We're always going to have that up to date on what's going on and where to be. But uh, yeah, come see us in February and then come spend more time with us throughout the year. Courtney, you can count on it. Thank you for being with us today. So exciting what's going to take place this month. And uh, we look forward to seeing lots of support and being there ourselves. So GullahCelebration.com, and you can mm -hmm. find out all the information you need. Courtney, great job as always. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Bill. Have a good day. Thank you. A couple other things to mention. If you didn't see the Save the Date yesterday, came out yesterday, mark your calendar for April the 1st at the Marriott. And that will be our Chamber Ball we're bringing back with the theme, Mad About Plaid. So you can think about that for a little bit as the uh, RBC Heritage presented by Boeing is uh, an elevated event this year. We're looking to uh, elevate our ball in just that same manner. And then also Restaurant Week. Don't forget four more nights of Restaurant Week. You certainly want to get out and support our local restaurants and uh, go to restaurantweek.com to look at all the menus and restaurants that are out there and make reservations. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great week and we look forward to seeing you soon.